The second section of the roundtable dives into the external complexity for sales and how complexity on the customer side impacts salespeople and how they sell. The notion of empathy is also discussed and how projecting yourself into the lives of a customer to better understand what it feels like to be in their day-to-day and know their stressors is becoming even more important today. Jill discusses a sales experiment that tested a group that sells as they normally would versus a group that was specifically tasked with empathizing with what customers are feeling and a group that was tasked with taking more time to sit and think about what the buyer is thinking about. To me, the conclusion of this test came out exactly as expected. The control group, which was selling normally, performed the worst. Now, the group tasked with displaying more empathy to customers performed well, better than the control group, but not as well as the group tasked with thinking about what customers are thinking about. As feeling empathy for customers is definitely important, spending time thinking about what potential and current customers are thinking about and struggling with is of vital importance for sales teams today. Uh, The second section is really good. It starts with Lori discussing her take on the complexity on the customer side and how it impacts sales. Well, when we're starting with the buyer's journey, that opens things up because a lot of sellers don't know how to do that. They don't know how to add value and how to make good use of the, the buyer's time. So this is a problem for new salespeople, but it's also a tremendous problem for those that have been selling for quite some time because we have to retrain them. And we have to train them on what it is that our buyers need to know. So they think they might know everything, but in fact, we have to do a little challenging, right? And so um, I I think that those are the issues that, that really should be focused on. And Joe, what about you? And as we, again, we're talking about complexity. Uh, are, are, is your work more recently focused largely on internal complexity or is it internal and external customers? Is it driven? With, how do you put those two together in your mind and think about the <laughs> customer complexity story and how it's impacting individual well, sellers? Well, to me, everything's about the customer. I mean, I, don't yeah. think, I, I think it's all based on the customer. Sure. And that's where we're here to serve the customer. And like Lori was just saying, until people really understand you know, who this buyer is and what their needs are, um, Nothing matters, but I really, really think that buyers' expectations have changed significantly yeah. for salespeople, and most salespeople are not uh, prepared to deal Tell with it. Tell me more. So which expectations in particular do you think? Well, the fact that, number one, they expect you to add value in every <laughs> single interaction. Yeah. And, and unless you're doing something in every single uh, phone call, email, meeting, yep. you know, anything that you send or do or with people or interact with them, unless it adds value, you're not worth having in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, you're just not worth being around. So knowing that, your salesperson has to be really smart about a lot of things that they've never been smart about, and not just the buyer's journey, but the buyer's world, what's happening in their organization, their issues and challenges, uh, what's on their plate, uh, their priorities. They have to be really cognizant of how changing things in the in the economy and in their com- their business or even the industry are impacting their customer and they have to be able to tailor their their messaging and their <laughs> their messaging their conversations they need to tailor it all so it fits and so it ties in exactly yeah. with what people are talking about it it's really takes a lot of work and a distracted mind <laughs> It's not capable of doing that I, well. You know, I, you're absolutely right. I, mean, I, I come back to that over and over. Yeah. This is why we need to have people being able to focus so much more during their workday and not bouncing from 
you know, CRM to email to this and that. They need to be able to focus so that they can a, research this stuff and learn it, and then pull it together in a way that their buyer will go, oh, this is interesting. This well, is interesting. Let me, let me if I could, Laurie, because I want to throw this idea, and I want to get your reaction to it, and Jill, yours too. The, um, because there, there's, you just used an interesting uh, word, which is right, and it's a word we've always used for years, right? Research and understanding. Right. There's another word I want to throw out on the table and get your reaction to, which is in that world that you just, both of you just described, and understanding customers and, and understanding what they're working on, their priorities and what they've got to do, in some ways that's as old as sales as, as, as itself, I guess, but in many ways it's become significantly more complex. But here's the word. It feels to me, I think, in this word, in this world, empathy becomes incredibly important. It's not just your ability to understand your customer at sort of a business level, but to be able to effectively project yourself into their shoes or into their lives and say, what does it feel like to be in, in that environment? What does it feel like to, to, you know, what stresses are they facing? What, what pressures are they under? I, it's, it's more of a personal conclusion than one from CEB research per se, this word empathy, but I find myself coming back to it more and more often now. I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Is that something that resonates with you, Lori? Is it is a word on top of mind for you? Yeah, I think it's, it's part of really putting yourself in their world. Yeah. And so in order to do that, you do need to know how they feel. We, we know that people buy emotionally. And, and we need to know what their world is like, what their life is like, and, and not just what our product or service might be able to do for them but really not lead the witness and, and really find out, learn more about them. And what I was thinking when Jill was talking was that's just one buyer. Think about the, what do we have, another 5.8 now to, to deal with. And, and that's an awful lot of complexity. Yeah, and, and again, they're, they're struggling with the complexity too, aren't they? Right. So, Jill, it's, it's, I'm going to weigh in on this because yeah, I, yeah. I have a counterpoint. Point, yeah, I'd love to hear it. That's okay. why we're here. And, yeah. I, and I'm just, I just finished yeah. reading a study recently um, from some researchers out of France, and it was a study on negotiation and the success of negotiations. Well, and we they, know how that well that went in France, but that's uh, <laughs> this was a sales study. Okay. <laughs> just sorry. I'm here all so, week. All right. So anyway, three Literally. groups in, in this, and and yeah. one, you know, one was. Okay, three groups, yeah. and each of these groups had buyers and sellers. And in group yeah. one, they were just told, you go and negotiate a deal. Buyers, you know what you you're want. Sellers, you know what you're trying to achieve in this deal. Go get it, okay? Yeah. Second group was told, the, buyer, the sellers were told, we want you to empathize. Okay. Empathize yeah. and really feel <laughs> what the buyer is potentially feeling at this moment in time under the, you know, the auspices of this negotiation and tenseness, and I want you to really get in touch yeah. with the emotional stuff yeah. here, you know? Yeah. And then the third group was told, we want you to sit and think as if you were the buyer, and really study and think about what is that person thinking about. Now, results of the, the study yeah. is basically the, the control group did whatever they normally did. The group that was focused on empathizing and really feeling yeah. what it is, did better than the control group. Yeah. So it did help. But the real winner was the ones who were really able to sit and think like the buyer. Think. And this yeah. is everything about yeah. what those issues, concerns, yeah. roles, responsibilities, what do they have to do to get it all done, um, what would be a satisfactory conclusion for this negotiation. And in this case, 76% of the people in that negotiation felt that both sides were satisfied with the go. result of the negotiation. Yeah. So thinking, yeah. thinking, 
is crucial. It's a powerful finding. What it means to me personally is I need to go back to the dictionary and look up the word empathy. Because in my mind, in a lot of ways, I think of empathy as not just the emotional component, but the cognitive side too. But that may okay. be because I'm mis right. misdefining it. But one way or another, I think we'd all agree it's your ability to place yourself in your customer's shoes. Absolutely. And think about the world right. from their perspective. Nick, we, we've obviously we spent a lot of time at CB studying customer complexity for the better part of, what, three or four years now. What would you pull out as one or two conclusions from that work that, that really strike you as being top of mind and hugely important for leaders? Yeah, I, I think... So if we think about the customer and this notion of empathy, I think understanding what customers are going through when they when they buy something, and, and I would argue not even buy something, just simply make a decision, right? Sit on a committee with a bunch of people and try to make a decision today in today's matrix or organizations. You just gave me nightmares. Uh, right, right, with with many different kinds of stakeholders, you know, and then add to that, you know, some fuel to the fire where a significant you know amount of spend might be on the table to buy something. It's like you, know, you just wonder how decisions ever get done, um, and in many cases they don't, right? A lot of them just fall off the table. But um, what's interesting, I think, is uh, uh, dealing with now, as Lori mentioned, you know, 6.8 different stakeholders, um, representative of uh, 3.7 different functions inside the average buying organization, um, multiple geographies oftentimes playing a role at this, this table, uh, the dynamics become overbearing for customers. And in fact, in many cases, our research shows customers flat out get overwhelmed with the purchase process themselves. And so I think as a, as a salesperson, being empathetic towards that notion becomes important. But I think also understanding how can I simplify their lives, which in turn simplifies my life as a salesperson, right? If I can get the buying group to focus in on the core issues to find some degree of overlap and in agreement around the true business challenge, right? Not everybody's sort of jockeying or vying for sort of their own personal goals or ambitions within the purchase, but really saying, okay, at, this, at the core of this, what is the fundamental business issue we're solving? Now, what is the fundamental action we need to take against that business issue? And what's interesting is, is just by simply slowing things down for that buying group, helping them process the information, the competing perspectives, the opinions that this, this particular group has, right? The opinions of other vendors who might be part of this, this consideration. I think we're seeing more and more winning sales behavior based on this ability to slow things down, help the customer process the information, simplify it. And what's interesting is as a salesperson, right, I've stripped out tremendous amounts of noise and variability and all the options and configurations and, and all the different approvals I might have to go back and get from finance on my own organization or the product teams, right? Can you guys support this? They're asking for this now or that now. If you can slow it down for the customer, it makes it so much easier when you go back inside your own four walls to do your own job. And so there's this really interesting phenomena here where, you know, again, kind of comes back to the point we made earlier in the segment here about, about simplifying things and slowing things down. Uh, and those who, who understand how to do it and do it well and, and organizations that are enabling their teams to do it and giving them the permission to do it, right, help the customer buy, slow it down for them. You don't have to say yes to every single request. In fact, try to direct the customer in the direction we think they need to go, what's going to be best for their business. Um, that oftentimes alleviates complexity all around. And, yeah. and to me, it's just a very interesting phenomenon. So stop being so responsive, start being a little bit more prescriptive. Yeah, Jill, you had a thought. Please. Yeah, I do. I mean, what, what we're talking about here is really a different role for salespeople. And so you say, well, what do yeah. we have to do and what does this mean? It's not just simply a function of saying, you know, well, slow it down and do this. You have to teach people how to do this differently because now they are change agents in yeah. an organization and yeah. they are leading a change initiative. This is not something that... So I didn't sign up for that, right? No, nobody <laughs> signed up for this. And in yeah. a sense, it's, it's um, you're a project manager as well. You're yeah. looking at all the moving parts and you're saying, 
What do we need to do? Who do we need to call in right now? How can I let this group know that they're, they're on hold and this other group needs to come forward and they haven't been involved? And so it's a real very complex project management, change management issue. And the change management, you know, bringing in the, the um, the components where people have different perspectives yeah. and, and how do we get buy-in in an organization that needs what we have but has such vast and competing opinions about what is going to make a successful solution. So these are new things, new skill sets that salespeople need to be taught that they're not taught. It's about leading, about guiding, it's about project management as opposed to selling. You know, Jill, I'll never forget, I was in Chicago a couple, about a year ago, I guess, and there was this chief sales officer there, and we were talking about some of these themes, and he looked at me and said, Brent, this doesn't sound like selling, it sounds like marriage counseling. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know what? I told him, I looked at him and said, you know, you're actually not that far off, yeah, because in a lot of ways, it is it is that. So let's do this. So again, let's, let's see if we can bring it back to some real tactical piece of advice, and maybe Nick, I'll start with you, and we'll go Lori, and then uh, and Jill, I'll give you the last word on this, but if you were to boil it down, again, we can talk at the organizational level or at the individual level, wherever you want to jump in, but see, give us some advice. What's one or two pieces of advice that go do this or stop that? What would a stop or a start be for you, Nick? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the strongest recommendation I would make at an organizational level <clears throat> is uh, most organizations have at some level created buying stages, right? Identify the stages with which customers buy. Um, that's not good enough. And, and what I would recommend they do is, is take each one of these buying stages and determine what is the thing that's most likely to bog the customer down, get in their way, delay their progress, confuse them, overwhelm them, and identify that one thing, right? There might be three or four, but find the most urgent, important, most commonly occurring thing that will bog them down and help their sales reps understand what to look out for and give them very practical tools, a diagnostic tool, for example, that helps customer stakeholders get on the same page around the problem, uh, right? Structure a very simple type of working session that the seller might use to go in with that customer and say, look, you guys aren't on the same page around these aspects, X, Y, and Z. Let's sit down and really think through them, right? But give them very tactical guidance to issue to the customer to help the customer get past these complexities of their buying process, right? So just essentially steer them through the purchase process. And if you can map that to the buying process and ultimately to your sales process, suddenly I, as a seller, know what I'm looking for. I can spot it and I can help course correct very quickly. And I think that's probably the, one of the most practical things I would urge organizations to do. So find the buying landmine and diffuse the, the buying landmine would be the way to go. Lori, what's your, what's your one or two stop starts? How do I, what are tactical advice uh, you might provide? Companies need to have their leaders help the reps focus on what's important. And they need to do that through coaching, through yeah. regular coaching, not when it's convenient, not, you know, when you're going to hit your numbers this month. You know, that's not coaching but to help them navigate on what is important and to help them prioritize. And if they can do that one thing, they can increase revenues dramatically. That is good advice. Jill, I'll give you the last word on this one. What's the your last practical, word. tactical advice pra <laughs> to deal with customer complexity? Well, I, I honestly believe that the sales is a thinking profession today. Yeah. And, and what we need to do is to continually upskill our sales teams. And so I honest to God think that the most important thing we can do is to turn our sales organizations into continual learning organizations. And, and every time we do something, uh, make it a learning 
uh, event. You know, we failed. What are we learning? We won. Yeah. What are we learning? We ran into obstacles. What are we learning? What can we do? And to get everybody in the organization involved in continuously learning and sharing what they're learning with each other so the whole organization is lifted. And that second word I think is just as important as the first. is learning and sharing. Isn't and it? sharing, yeah. Yeah. So yes. What do we collectively know? I what think do we collectively important. know? How can we help yeah. each other? How can we all get better together? Yeah, I totally agree. When you, when you think of uh, winning in this environment, it is, in fact, it has to be a team sport. It is. Doesn't it? Yeah.